I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons and Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out the Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Find the Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. If you're the into protein and starch, good. you're gonna love it. Yeah, I'm like everything's like very clean, and the meats are good. And I think like that's your kind of vacation. Like the weirdest like travel like advertisement. Go for the for meats. Germany. I know. I know. Uh, the meats are clean. Yeah. What? Not the meats are clean. The meats are meats. The meats are meats. Everything else. Is Everything clean. else is clean. I got it mixed up. <laughs> well, I hope the meats are clean. I hope that I have, I'm the sure they are. The meats are probably clean too. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird sentence to utter. The meats are clean. Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, no one's listening to this right now. Everyone's turned us off. <laughs> I'm diking out. You're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out. Diking out. Diking out. Diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that doubles as your dinosaur weekend hangover cure. I'm <laughs> Carolyn Bergier. And I'm Sarah York. And today we're diking out with writer and performer Mila Miles, a.k.a. Prince Gentle Strap Energy, about gay ants. <laughs> Yay! I, I hope your I'm, nieces are listening. I love I'm Gentle Strap Energy, and I'm like, let's talk about children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we were on the fence. Do we talk about kink? Yeah. Or do we talk about our nieces and nephews? Um, <laughs> couple quick announcements. Our next show of Diking Out at Stonewall is April 29th. So you can go to dikingout.com slash events for tickets if they're still available. We are recording this episode a little early. Um, and then June 23rd at Caveat in New York City is our live recording of our podcast to kick off Pride Week. So check that out. Um, we'll also have links to tickets for that at some point. Yeah. And that's it for announcements. 
Great. Yeah. I think a couple episodes ago, I mentioned that I was watching Shrill and Mm -hmm. totally forgot to mention how queer it is. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know that that was gonna be. I do know that literally everyone whose opinion I trust has been like blowing up my phone for the really? last twenty four hours. Like, have you watched this show yet? Oh, like, yeah. I've no- yeah, it's been on my phone, but I was yeah, it's that. very, very like people who's people that I just I generally trust with pop culture and with yeah. their opinions on mm-hmm. everything are like losing their fucking mind over this show. So her roommate is uh, a black lesbian uh-huh. and is like just like very confident, like super queer and uh, gets like a lot of screen time every episode. So Good. that adds an element. And yes. then uh, John Cameron Mitchell is her boss, plays her boss. I don't um, think I know who that is. I'm sure I recognize him if I saw him, right? Um, what's it? Uh, fuck. In the Angry Inch. Um, oh, Hedwig. Hedwig in the Angry Edge. Oh, is yeah, he? yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so he plays her boss, and then his lover is uh, played by Joel Kim Booster. Oh, okay. I yeah. recognize this guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Joel uh, Kim is amazing. Yes, he's so funny. So he's yeah. in it, and then uh, Patty Harrison mm-hmm. is also in it in every episode, and uh, she's a trans actress and comedian, and so funny. So the show That's is great. like very, very queer. Does it does it take place in New York or does it take place in L.A.? Portland. Portland. Mm-hmm. That's a very that's a, like a just a lesbian yeah. city. I thought it was going to be New York because I only read the quick description on Hulu and it said like, oh, she's her parents sick and she's going for her dreams. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was yeah. going to be in New York because that just sounds like what's that's where you yet. go for your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people go to Portland for their dreams oh, and yeah. well, it's an interesting. Yeah, it's I've an interesting place. Another thing about the show, like I wish that Portland was like a tenth of as diverse as the show makes it look mm-hmm. uh, because Portland is like super white and then also like the same kind of white person, mm-hmm. like that, like vegan, conscious, environmental. Like wh- white guys with dreadlocks, that kind of thing. Uh, a little bit of that. The Whole Foods uh, whites. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really shouldn't like throw so much shade no, the at co-op Portland. Whites. Yeah, co-op whites. Yeah. Co-op whites. Whole That's foods right. Whole Foods is too quick. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not. Not Whole Foods. Yeah. It's like it's super super hippie, and uh, um, we're gonna get all this mail from people who live there who <laughs> are like, "You are so wrong." Like, blah, you blah, bitches but, like, are the worst. <laughs> well, I heard from friends that I have who are from Portland. These are uh, some like one black person, but one close white friend of mine who grew up. And with black family and black community, that white person um, was always, they came out here for a while, but they were always harping on, upset about how the gentrification in Portland was. So apparently there, like there is black Portland and there is a black part of Portland, but they their corners, I think, is getting smaller and smaller yeah. as more people flock to Portland. Okay. Yep. Well, I knew like Oregon had, was like, had a lot of white supremacy and like white supremacist oh, yeah. laws and like there are there's a reason why Oregon as a state yeah. is so white. Um, and then you get to Portland, which is like super progressive. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, but this is weird. Why is it so white? And within that, just very like homogeneous yeah. population, yeah. even though it is like queer and stuff. Uh, I imagine it might be set up there too, because uh, Lindy West is based out of Seattle. Yes. So I think like that, like Pacific Northwest kind of thing is what she knows and what she writes. And like, yeah. maybe that's, maybe that she made that decision. I'm assuming. Yeah. Is probably. she a writer on the show or is she like she a is. producer? Okay. Now her and A.D. Bryant. Yeah. yeah. Um, wrote it. And actually, uh, Carrie Brownstein directed at least one of the episodes. Really? Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. I think the second episode is directed by her, which like, obviously Portland. Portlandia. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, 
That's great. I'm I, feeling I very bad about it. all this stuff I'm saying about Portland. No, we love Portland, though. Portland's so good. I've only yeah. been to Portland twice. This was my impression of Portland, like... I've never been, so I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's new? <laughs> it, it was just, like, everything... <laughs> Everything was as you would expect it to be. Like I went to a walk into a store and it was like we sell salt and bitters. And I'm like, what? That's the store? <laughs> That's the whole just, thing? Yeah, it was just all salt and bitters. I'm like, what? Why? How? I don't know. Yeah. And then like the store, like Portlandia is very real. It's like a it's a real representation. Yeah, of, yeah. I, I hear think from people who go yeah. there. It's a lot, it is a lot like that. And you know, my friends would be like, oh, let's, we're going to go over to our friend's house uh, for a nice, like, backyard dinner. And I'm like, cool. And, of course, it's, like, micro-brew beers and, right. like, a giant bowl with a quinoa salad and, like, exactly what you yeah, would expect. Yeah. And it's great. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, pass that quinoa and that, like, <laughs> micro-brew. Uh, this is my jam, but it also feels, like, a little strange. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, uh. That's like one thing, like living in New York for six years and, and but being from like a very white like suburb of mm-hmm. Omaha, Nebraska. Now I'm like acutely aware of when I'm when I go to a city and it's all white people mm-hmm. and I get nervous because I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Why? <laughs> yeah. So so that wasn't for me. It was like the times I went to Portland too. I was also living in Atlanta. So mm. when I'm in mm. when I go somewhere that's like super white, it stands out to me. I'm just it's, like it's- palpable yeah. what's going on yeah like it's, and that's how i felt about chicago which is not a which has a large black population yeah. but very segregated of, and yeah exactly and latinx yeah. and like but because obviously of decades and decades of gentrification you know, and of gerrymandering I, and everything i realize when i'm in an all-white space and i'm like where are all the black people yeah you know? <laughs> all the time that the first time that happened to me was when i had to transfer schools in eighth grade for just for like two semesters and I, I only realized it when I was in my AP classes, and it took me a minute to look around and realize, like, like a few weeks in, I was like, holy shit, I'm the only person yeah. of color in this class. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, see, and that's the thing. I haven't been to Portland and stuff like that. I would, when I travel, I try to travel. Um, I only travel to mostly places where it's more people that look like me now. Yeah. Like, I go to Puerto Rico all the time because I'm like, I look Puerto Rican. I know it. I can just blend in a little yeah. bit here. yeah. The first time that I went to Atlanta ever, mm-hmm. and it was like my parents had just moved there, and um, I went to visit, and the first place we went to was downtown Atlanta and underground Atlanta, mm-hmm. and we were the only white people there, yeah. and that was the first time I was in that situation, and I was like, oh, is this what black people feel like? Yep. Yeah. I'm yep. like, oh my God, it's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Which is and like, it's, I mean, what you don't, yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Grow, yeah, like, it's like, well, growing up, well, being a, a kid in Montreal, uh-huh. like that was more diverse. But yeah. then Buffalo was highly segregated and especially in the suburbs. And then going to Boston, which, again, mm-hmm. very segregated. Yeah. Uh, and then Atlanta, it was like, the first time, you know, you were that, like a black, city. a whole ass black community or city or town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's why yeah. I moved to okay. Bed-Stuy when I got here because yeah. I was like, it felt closer to home, my neighborhood. It was one of the few communities that hadn't, when I moved here eight years ago, that wasn't as heavily gentrified like as it is now or as Bushwick is now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's why I moved there because like, and it's crazy because like the more gentrified Bed-Stuy has become, what's crazy is I feel less safe. Yeah. Um, and it's so crazy because I didn't realize it was the fact that I knew that these other white people might be scared of me is what made me scared because I'm like, I don't know what they're going to do. And yeah. I had that one night. There was a couple like pushing their baby along in a stroller and I 
kept looking over my shoulder. I kept looking over my shoulder because I'm like, oh my God, like I don't want them to get too close because what if they, it's crazy because you have to think about them feeling threatened, which makes you and your safety feel threatened. Yeah. Because your safety is threatened whenever, whenever white people are uncomfortable. Yep. People of color are always the ones who are threatened. Mm -hmm. Because you just never know. Yeah. And people don't realize that that's more dangerous than a white lady who's afraid because she has a phone in her hand. (laughs) And you or know what a white man it. who is afraid and upset because exactly yeah I've been I've been attacked by Hasidic Jewish men and in, in really? since I've, about two three different times living mm. out here in the last eight years oh and God. the cops don't do anything about it they have their own cops nobody does anything about it I like was actually assaulted and they're just like what did he look like and I'm like bitch listen <laughs> go get him now and they're like but what did he look like I'm like if I describe this person, you're gonna you're not gonna be able to pick him out of a crowd unless you let me point him out. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, but it's crazy. It's crazy because like I've seen that a few times. Like I don't know, especially as a black masculine dressed person. Like, and I forget that I look like a little black, which is so crazy. I had that moment last year, which and I felt guilty about it because I was like. I didn't realize that sometimes I look like a young black boy being out and I didn't realize how much more conscious of that I needed to be on top of mm. being black and being masculine. But the fact that I get mistaken for like a, a black male yeah. um, is terrifying because I then I have to be aware of how other people are perceiving me in a space yeah. um, just so I can be safe. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy as well. Yeah. And Dark there. <laughs> now, I mean, in New York sometimes like I... I think about how much I, as a white woman, mm-hmm. am freaking out people yeah. around me. Yeah. And uh, especially, like, if I lock eyes with somebody who's wearing, like, a hijab or something, yeah. I'm just always like, smile. Yeah, like, I don't like, want them I'm to not... think I'm, like, judging them or anything like that. Or, like, yeah. scared, like, what are you or, doing? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, how do, do I signal that, yeah. like... I'm friendly. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to call the cops, I swear to God. I know, okay, I know. All these white smiles on the train make sense to yeah. me now. Like, right? They're like, and they look down at their book and I'm like, oh, am I like freaking her out? I'm like, now they're like, oh, I don't want you to feel threatened. By me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. The, the other day there was like this um, young Latin couple of lesbians, mm-hmm. and, but I didn't realize that they were lesbians at first. And... Uh, but they were so young and I was just looking because they were like showing affection and then they had a kid and I was like, try, but I think the kid was a sibling. I don't know. I was trying yeah. to like be like, oh, yeah. what's going yeah. on here, you know? And then I was like, oh and my God. you realized God. you were staring? I, yeah. yeah. Then I realized <laughs> I, I was, I realized I was staring and then I realized they probably think I'm judging them for <laughs> showing PDA as like right. two And you just want to scream people. like, I'm on your side. As two yeah, queer right. people. I'm one too. I know. Yeah. So Cecilia's next to me and I'm just like, grab her hand, signal, yeah, yeah. signal, let them know. I'm not, you know, smile. Yeah. Now you're being family. a creep. That's What's yeah. happening? I know. Family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm constantly, and, and then when, whenever I do comedy shows in, um, um, in like uh, Bushwick or something, mm-hmm. I I'll be walking like down the street and I'm like, oh no, everybody here thinks I'm here to gentrify, and I'm like, just on my way to show. Yeah, I'm just walking here. through. I'm not looking at apartments. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> I live in Bushwick and I feel like that kind of guilt a lot because it's like, yes, I'm a part of the fucking yeah. gentrification problem. Yeah. yeah, I also don't make enough money to be like really gentrification you know like gentrification is going to drive me out eventually like price wise for sure yeah but i'm very aware that i live in uh like a primarily hispanic neighborhood and it's amazing and but i'm also very sad to know that like these families that have lived here for decades are probably going to be driven out in the next five years because it's just the inevitable machine that keeps going 
Like if you if I see a Whole Foods, it's over. Yeah. Oh. Like that's the bastion. There's a Taco of, Bell in Bed Stuy right now, uh-oh. and I'm already. It's a Taco Bell cantina. They sell. Alcohol. Oh, it's a cantina. You know oh, that's a different story. Oh, yeah, you can get yeah. microwave and I'm like, there. We didn't, I've lived in Bed Stuy for eight years and watched so many new buildings and things be erected. And what's crazy is it sucks for me because I know coming here straight from college, um, I like it's crazy because. Black queer people, like, sometimes we talk about this, like, especially a, a lot of us who've want, gone to school, um, to, went to college, like, that it's crazy and it sucks because we become, like, kind of the prelude to the problem. Um, and I try to figure out, like, how can we, like, how to even help that. Like, so I, I moved back to Bed-Stuy because my elders in Bed-Stuy, I told them, I was like, oh, I can't afford to live here anymore. I'm in Crown Heights now. And they're like, but we need y'all to stay here. Mm-hmm. And they tell, like, the elders who live there tell us, like, they try to tell all the younger black people who can afford the same price as other people who are gentrifying to at least try to stay in the neighborhood. So aesthetically and culturally, it still is a, a little bit more consistent. Yeah. Um, and I've done that and I've had a lot of other friends like my whole house is black queer masculine yeah we all work we could all potentially like live in other neighborhoods but we chose choose to stay in Bed-Stuy on a block where there's still little kids who whose family has been there forever but Mm -hmm. it just sucks because like you I feel like we're you know queer people especially like we know that once we move to a place other people are going to feel safe to follow whether you're black or white queer you Mm -hmm. know well real estate they they follow the gay men yeah yeah Gay men make a neighborhood desirable. Yeah. And then yeah. Like, it's like the village. Like the yeah. village used to be this like seedy, cool, artsy, <laughs> yeah. queer fucking like the, you know, that's like where it all started. Yeah. yeah. And now it's just like wealthy, wealthy, wealthy mm-hmm. white people that can afford to live there. And it's, yeah. it kind of, you know, that means the same we just with like get neighborhoods rich. in Brooklyn. Like yeah. Williamsburg is fucking lame because yeah. it's so it's so fucking white and mm-hmm. so brand new. At least at least like the North Williamsburg. Yeah. And actually, yeah. and, you know, getting into South Williamsburg as well, where every building is brand new, every condo has been, or you know, every uh, house apartment has been either torn down and rebuilt, yeah. which as, is confusing. Like if you move to New York and you've heard all this stuff about Williamsburg, mm-hmm. but when I first moved here and I went to Williamsburg for the first time, I'm like, what? Why mm-hmm. is this like the the hipster yeah. Yeah. location? Everything is so tacky. You know why, it really is, though, yeah. it's because of the location, right? It's close to the city. Um, the and honestly, it's it. exclusive because that L train doesn't go to all the other black neighborhoods and all the other brown neighborhoods. Right. So they have their shot just to be able to go straight to their community and straight back into the city. And like the LES area, 14th Street, yeah. NYU, all the universities, yep. they get to come straight over without having to touch all the icky parts. You, yeah. The parts yeah. that they see, they deem as like, oh, I, it's don't like really I don't know if that's very yeah. safe yeah. or like the word sketchy gets used. Let me tell you, when I first moved here from college, I was where I told you I was working in advertising, you know, I was working with all these white people. I was usually the only black person or only black young token in any space. And when I was staying in these neighborhoods and mind you, I went to a black university. So I had community and basically family who would tell me like, Oh, we live over here. Or we live over here. This is where you'll have more network. Which one did you go to? Um, I went to Howard university. Mm-hmm. Okay, H cool. U. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's crazy because like, all the other white interns or white coworkers, like I would tell them like, oh, I'm still looking for an apartment and I'm probably going to stay here. And they would straight up be like, ooh, I heard it's um, it's like kind of sketchy over there. It's kind of dangerous, no? Like in Bed-Stuy. Yeah. Look at Bed-Stuy eight years later. And it's those same, some of those same people, and I bumped into some of them in the neighborhood, like live in the same neighborhood that they told me was like, that's scary. And I should have just told them. that <laughs> I feel guilty now. I was like, I should have just not made a case for Bed-Stuy. You know? yeah. yeah, there's people just walking around with bloody yeah, knives. Yeah, stay away. <laughs> the trash cans are on fire. It's right. like an Eddie yeah. 
Murphy movie in the early eighties. Listen, yeah. for real though. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I can backtrack. If I can if I can go back in time, that's what right. I do. Well, and now the the Bronx is being gentrified. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I, yeah. I see those like um, already moved from along the Brooklyn. water. Those high rises that have shot up. Yeah. It's yeah. like it, they've they're literally like these. 15 story yeah. luxury condo buildings up there now. I'm like, oh, here we go. There's people resisting though. Like, if you look hard in Williamsburg, Park Slope, um, especially in Bushwick, but especially in Williamsburg where you think that it's all one type mm-hmm. of people, you'll see a lot of Latinx families still standing in their building, like having blog parties in the summer. And that's when I'm just like, yes, we're I do love on. that. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. that part. Like, that's one of the things I look forward to the most in the summertime yeah. is how, how New York sort yeah. of like, exhales in the summer and yes. everyone comes out of the buildings now that they can yes. the weather's nice and like the families on the you know just on in the block it's amazing yeah. it's like a cool really cool have you been to any of the block parties uh no you should go to I, one i feel like i, I no, shouldn't go, go to you know just i don't want to they would actually i feel like people would actually love it and I, yeah i also felt that way too because again like me and my house are we're queer and like trans so even though we're in a black neighborhood i know that they look at us like mm Okay, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's like old, like older black people we don't know staying around us. Some of them are cool, but some of them are super religious and probably don't have any want anything to do with us. But in the summer, it's so fun. Um, they have a block. They have block parties on every every block throughout the summer. Like it's like rotates. Oh, yeah. Okay, and yeah, yeah. Um, last uh, two summers ago, it was so cute. I grabbed so many great pictures. The kids they had like you know they had like a fruit eating. This sounds like on brand for stereotypes, but they had a watermelon eating contest. <laughs> but it was so cute because it was so many yeah. little kids like trying to like they were like having a contest That's and like egging each other on and. Um, you have like there was a creepy religious clown handing out um, anti-abortion cards Hello. with pictures of it on it. That was great, and I was yelling at her like, "Get away from the children!" Yeah, children that were not mine. Um, but it was really fun. I love that part because that's a time that you can connect with the neighborhood, and they can actually, you know, like when they found out I did photography, some of the families wanted me to do family portraits for them. Oh, and cool! Stuff like that, and that's a way. That's a way that like there can be some healing with that idea of gentrification, changing the aesthetic and socioeconomic space and status of a community is like getting to know the community. And I think that a lot of people, when they gentrify and they come into spaces, they don't realize that, that, that they could be welcomed. Like Mm -hmm. there's not that much harm in at least trying, but also like people might be like, we don't want you here, but at least then, you know, but Mm -hmm. I would definitely recommend like, if you see a block party or if you get that flyer under your door or your building for it, if you show up to the meeting, they'll be like, oh shit, they're trying. Like, it'll feel different to yeah. the community because I felt the same way. But the same old ladies, because I'm so nice to them, they always tell me, they're like, hey, we have a meeting coming up. You know, oh, are you going to yeah. come? Yeah, yeah. It's only $25 a house. And it's and they do the block parties, especially for the kids. And then there's cookouts. And because I've had um, other friends who are like white and like Crown Heights go to their block parties and yeah. it's totally like welcome and chill. So I would recommend, I think you'll, okay. you'll be really surprised and have yeah. some fun. This with will be it. my first. Summer in my new neighborhood, so because oh, yeah. I moved in in November. In Bushwick, right? Yeah, Bushwick yeah. has some lit block parties. I can't wait. Oh my! Yeah, and Fourth of July is scary. It's just fireworks. Oh my god! Fourth <laughs> of July, I yeah. uh, I don't like loud, sudden noises. Leave I've, Bushwick on Fourth of July. I know. I just need to like stay at a friend's house. For yeah, I need to just go up in the woods and <laughs> just be quiet. I've hated fireworks since I was like a child. Like I, oh. I really dislike You're loud. So Sarah's secretly a dog. Terrify me. <laughs> right. I am. You're I like need a thunder shirt. You're in the. You're in the tub. Yeah, I need to house. wear one of those <laughs> anxiety thunder shirts on myself. Get a weighted blanket. I, I'm gonna have to. That's yeah. yeah. Knock and you like, out. like you know what? The balloons still scare the shit out of me. Like I've really? hated them since I was balloons a kid because or they can pop because they could potentially pop at any time. Oh, yeah. So I work. Yeah. So like I work in restaurants and. And sure enough, I worked New Year's Eve this year, and they 
before we opened my the my managers brought in these bundles of like hundreds of balloons and if it gets and too close to the light them, <laughs> it was like all it. my fears i was like wait what and they're like yeah these are for and they and they put them all like you know they just kind of let them go inside oh the building gosh. so they're all hanging down but they're all grazing the ceiling and i'm like Whoa. so for yeah. you it's like jellyfish it just yes, like it literally is like moment. yes it was like the scene in finding nemo where he gets stung by the jellyfish and he's kind of <laughs> that's how i felt Oh. I could not relax amongst all those balloons. So anyway, Damn. I'm super fun. Well, I feel like I'm great at New Year's Eve parties. Yeah. Now we know your weakness. Yeah, if anybody no, wants it, if your my, nemesis is listening, yeah. you're in trouble. Instant anxiety. They're going to come around balloons. flapping with balloons. Yeah. So, I'm letting them float too close to the light fixtures. Uh. So do you feel relief in the summers when you see random balloons in the park just going high in the yeah, sky? Yeah, like, like, it's get that as out of far here. away from yeah. as possible. It can't, hurt, it can't possibly hurt me from Everybody here. else feels sad like we all lost something. Yeah, you're like, and thank I'm like, God. One yeah. last balloon in this world. <laughs> now, when I see that, I'm like, somehow it's going to end up in the tree right in front of my apartment. Exactly. And I, it's going to stay there every, for years. Yeah, every, every balloon and plastic bag finds its way mm-hmm. into the tree that's in front of my living room. Yeah. <laughs> there are three trees in all of Queens. One of them happens to be outside my apartment. Right. And there's and one it's full of plastic, plastic bag. Plastic so bags of balloon strings. Yeah. yeah. Like, how do we get it out that's, of there? Those are Christmas ornaments in New York City. Just I, litter in the fucking trees. I, I went to how the, gross this place actually, is. Though. Just like, how did it get up there? I went to the movies <laughs> once uh, in New York. I think I was seeing Brave or something. Mm-hmm. So, like, never see a kid's movie at the movie theater. It's a nightmare. Uh, I guess this will get us into gay ants, right? Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> And uh, someone brought in like a balloon, but also a half deflated balloon. Mm-hmm. And it was one mm-hmm. of the. Um, like the Mylar the, ones? The Mylar ones, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they let it go. And throughout the movie, this small Mylar balloon is just <laughs> migrating just back and forth. Because it's not quite cr- helium. There's not enough there's helium, not for, enough it helium up, but not for it to for... go to the top and get lost. So it's just like floating oh around God. the screen. Block- no one could catch it. No one, it was too it's high. Too high up. It was but too high to catch it. Just enough helium to be the middle high. But yeah. yeah. Was it in the way of the projector at all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just the ruining entire the whole time. movie. Ruining the movie. That's fucking amazing. The whole time. Were children like, yay. I, kids are just I don't like, even know. Oh, kids at movie theaters, it's the worst. Yeah. Oh, a- actually, right. So every time we go, okay, gay ants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're all gay ants We're all here. gay. We're all ants. Cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh, we're experts on yeah. <laughs> stereotypical gay ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever we go back to uh, Buffalo to see my family and my two nephews, uh, you know, my the older nephew, he's not even three and a half. And Cecilia's like, maybe we can take them to a movie. I'm like, are you kidding Oof. me? That's the last thing I want to do. Yeah. She always she she's like, "Do you want to go to the mall with the boys?" I'm like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> do I want to go to the mall with two toddlers? Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. It's oh, it's so hard to like leave. Like leaving the house uh-huh. is like a whole thing because like you know we're not parents, so yeah. we're just like blissfully unaware of mm-hmm. like oh we like you look. Cute, I just let's leave go. the house if I want, mm-hmm. and then like you go home. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, let's all go somewhere. It takes 45 minutes to leave mm-hmm. the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I think I took my nephew to a movie when he was about three and a half. But that was like, I think he fell asleep at one point during it. Yeah. It was fun, but it's just like, that's eh, a borderline age of if they can. It's really yeah. about their attention span of like yeah. being able to sit there. But So how, how many nieces and nephews so I have, do you have? Uh, one, or I have? I have one niece and two nephews. One niece, I've, two nephews. Yeah. 
Um, I have, so on my dad's side, I have apparently a lot. I don't know how many siblings my siblings have. I mean, I have a lot of siblings, but I don't know how many kids some of them have. I'm not close with them, but my sisters that I grew up with, um, it's three of us. I'm the oldest and our little sister has two girls. Okay. Two girls. And I grew up in a house full of girls like the whole time. Like that's why I'm like, I'm masculine, but I'm always flamboyant and breaking my wrist. Like I can't help it. Like it was so, (laughs) it was so much like, it wasn't super oppressively like girly quote unquote or feminine but it, yeah. I just grew up like I don't know doing slumber parties with all the girls and stuff yeah yeah. Um, so yeah my the all the kids are my my, my one sister has has the three mm, so three. they're uh, 11, 7, and 5 Ooh. so she's got a a loud household yeah, yeah. Uh, oh god yeah 11, like the boy, the oldest boy's 11 the girl is 7 and the little boy's 5 well the so. 11 year old's about to be a babysitter soon enough I know so. he, he basically is I mean yeah. he's like an adult because he's the oldest child mm. and I was the oldest child so I like really identify with him in that right. way it's like he's he is just beyond his years yeah. like as far as his emotional intelligence and his actual Good. intelligence and everything he's awesome yeah um but yeah, so my my sister, yeah, and how many you have two, you have two nephews from one yeah. sister, right? Yeah, I only have one sister. Yeah. Two two little stop there. Little guys. Yeah, how no old are no they? more on the way. Uh so three and a half and one and a half about. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Four and my other niece is turning one next month and I'm going home for her birthday. Cute. Oh. oh my god, baby. I miss baby. Like I I miss uh-huh. being an aunt to babies. And I won't yeah. be one anymore. And it's just like, oh, she's cute. That's the oh my god. <laughs> oh, the only she's oh, my mine are my phone background as well. <laughs> the three little yes. ones, yeah. Um, I d- I definitely miss the having like the babies in the yeah. family because my sister's yeah. not having more kids, and so the littlest, the baby mm. is five, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. I want that again. Um, so. Yeah, I um, my sister was really young when she got her first. She mm-hmm. was uh, just about to graduate high school at that time. Um, so that was, you know, becoming an aunt initially was like it's a little mm. traumatic for everyone because it was just like this is not something mm. we expected to be experiencing right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. my mom was forty four and yeah. becoming a grandmother, but um, obviously it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was something that was just like, okay, here we go. Like yeah. this is what we're doing. Yeah. But it was the best feeling when he was born, and he's just like this little teeny tiny Aww. baby that you're just obsessed with. And I called him Peanut because Aww. he uh, was he was uh, about a month premature, so he weighed mm. four pounds when he was born, and he was in the NICU, and like uh. they wrap him up in the little blanket. And he literally looked like a little Chipotle burrito size, <laughs> just adorable little tiny thing. They call Aww. my nephew Oliver Peanut. Yeah, yeah Peanut, but, but is he like wasn't the like weirdly nickname. small or anything. I, I guess just compared bean. to the brother. Bean. Oh, my Bean is cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bean, yeah. <laughs> some whatever, some tiny legume. Little Bean. Yeah. <laughs> bean, get over here. Yeah. Her name is Selena, and I call her Lena. So sometimes I call her Lena Bean or Lean Bean. Oh, great. That's my yeah. baby right there. Yeah. That's, That's my twin, name. bro. That's yeah. My twin. That's cute. Yeah, but my sister. So like, sad story, or whatever, really quick. So like, our mom had passed away. Um, I was twenty five. Mm-hmm. My mother passed away on her forty first birthday. My sister was pregnant at fourteen. Oh wow! What's crazy is that's the same age my mom got pregnant with me. So at first I was like, you know, we need to do something about this. I don't think you can handle it. We're dealing with mom being sick. Like, yeah. we have to figure this out. And then I had a moment where I had to check myself, and I was like, someone did the same thing to my mom, and she went through it, and now I'm here. Mm-hmm. This is what my sister wants to do. I have to support her. Yeah. Yeah. So I supported her decision. 
Um, and, you know, our mom passed. And what's crazy is my mom was trying to hang on. And she passed three months shy of the first baby being born. Oh, wow. So, but it was God. crazy because it helped our grieving so much to have this little other, you know, like it this was new life. Yeah, yeah. It was always yeah. us four girls. Our mom passes and then it's us four girls again. Yeah. And we, right before our mom passed is when we found out it was going to be a girl. You're going to make me cry here. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my very gosh. I'm so good at that. It's so touching. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's why I'm so close to the baby because like, yeah. we don't have any other parents. So we were orphaned yeah. and I'm the oldest and I was living out here. So I, you know, I, I started going home a lot more. Um, and to, and what's crazy is I made it home. I went home for the week when she was supposed to have the baby. And um, I I got there the day before she went into labor. And so I got to stay home for when the baby was born yeah. and everything. And it's so crazy to see, like, um, and what's crazy, this is the craziest shit. The only baby I ever saw born was my little sister. And then the only other baby I saw born was her give birth. Wow. So 19 years later, no, 14, 15 years later, I watched her give birth to the second baby. The only baby wow. I ever saw born give birth to the only other baby wow. I saw born. It was some crazy, crazy twilight yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, but it was really great. And it's it band, it like got me and my sisters a lot closer than we were before. Like That's why I was just talking to her before I got yeah. here. Um, she calls me just so the babies can talk to me. And yeah. um, I go home and I, I actually am so crazy. Like... With us not having parents as a gay auntie, there's no one to check me when I'm making bad decisions. Yeah. And I'm the oldest. Yeah. So like I brought the I brought my niece. So my sister and my niece, when my niece was eight months, I had her come out here for the first time. I got them tickets and I was like, I want to see you guys. I want you guys to come visit me. Um so I and I didn't have like a lot of money. I was on like unemployment and I was yeah. like, come visit. Yeah. And I had them come visit. It was cute. Um, then they left and the baby, you know, was here. She was under one. Then I decide, I was like, I just was missing my babies and I hadn't seen them and I only see them when I go home. So I was just like, I want to take her off your hands for a week. I know you needed some space, a break. You're trying to finish school stuff up. So my niece was two years old and I fucking went to Detroit on a bus and got a flight back to bring me and a two-year-old back here while I was in grad school. Oh, wow. Um, right. And there's no parents to be like, maybe you shouldn't do maybe. that. <laughs> Uh, see, here so I am you thinking flew, you're such you a good took, aunt. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like a good sister, a yeah, great yeah. sister. Totally. So yeah. you, you brought the baby back to I New York her to like, here for, like her for a week or I whatever. I thought she was going to be here for like a week and a half. After day three, I was looking at bus tickets to yeah. take her ass back. I was like, right. it's, it's a lot of Also, work. I didn't realize I couldn't just like have sex and smoke weed whenever yeah. I'm like, yeah. I was like, when she takes a nap, I can go downstairs and smoke. But like my niece is really attached to me. So she's just like at the bottom of the stairs like, hey. Yeah. Hey, like, are you coming back up here? We had a good time, but um, she had so many tantrums, and it was like a rainy season in New York too. Oh man! Yeah. Oh my god, it was it was crazy, but it was still fun. I learned a hard lesson about just like jumping the gun with yeah. children. Um, but it's great because I have so many friends who like wanted to know who this baby is, and she looks so much like me. And also, it was just cute because like I took her to Brooklyn Museum, and I feel Aww. like a cute like I'm this like black tomboy masculine girl and then I have a child that looks like me I mean that was so it was so much phone number bait like, oh I yeah so for sure yeah. Like, oh they're like God, puppies like, yeah I mean you might like, as well have a little daughter? puppy yeah mind you I had her coordinated with me too because my sister's like oh my deck God. her out they they oppress her with like gender gender roles yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. she has everything pink her, her room is painfully pink yeah like, it's Scary. My sister was even like, this is actually too bright. I didn't know the color was going to come out like this. Yeah. I feel like I'm at a rave right now. Like, what is this? My sisters dress her in pink and cheetah print. Oh, my God. <laughs> together. Those two things yeah. together. Um, Which is super cute. It, it is, is cute. cute. I'm yeah. picturing it right now, and it seems very cute, even though, yes. It yeah. is cute, but it's blue. like, give her some more options. You know? Sure. She's a rough mm, and sure. tumble kid. So, like, 
I got her like shark pajamas and lemon pajamas yeah. and then got her like a black tutu with like streetwear clothes. Yeah. And I was like coordinating this little baby with me yeah. for like a whole week in Brooklyn. I was like, this is better than a purse. Oh, like, absolutely. This is this <laughs> cute little accessory. So let's talk about this a little bit in terms of uh-huh. like buying stuff for your nieces and nephews. Yeah. Oh, because so, fun. Ce- yeah. so Cecilia has a pair of like checkered slip on fans uh-huh. and they sell like the baby versions of it. And she's like, I'm going to buy them for the boys. I'm like, do not buy them for, I'm like, that is not. Don't buy $80 shoes for a kid who's going to grow. <laughs> Out of them well, in yeah, one month. that's a cheap part of me. I'm like, do not spend that much yeah. money on shoes for these boys. Like, they'll just be going naked everywhere. Yeah, yeah. they like, don't even like to wear shoes. They don't wear pants. They yeah, don't even they... wear pants. Like, don't don't buy them these shoes. But I'm like, also, like, you're their their aunt. Like, that's weird that you want to coordinate shoes with your nephews and yeah. stuff, which is probably not weird. My sister probably would think it was cute too. Yeah. But I'm like, wear or like with shirts. Um, I don't know. I'm always mindful. I'm like, will my brother-in-law be cool that I bought this for <laughs> for his boys? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Can I buy him a doll? I don't know. Absolutely, you can. Because that's kind it. of like our role, right? As like queer aunts, exactly. is because like we have to be the ones to sort of to balance the scales yeah. a little bit because they generally are going to be kind of inundated with this gendered kind of yes. stuff. I mean, my niece yeah. is the same way. Her interests are all, you know, her room is all girly and she has lots of girly toys and she's got like the girly, you know, the, she's really into like hair and accessories and all that kind of stuff, which is great or, you know, whatever. But I also want to like give her other options. So for Christmas, I got her a punching bag and gloves. Yeah. Love it. Because I was like, fuck it. I want her to like have this for, you know, and she, and I wanted her to have something that was just hers and that her brothers won't take and play with. Yeah. So, but when they were opening their Christmas gifts from me, she opened it and she kind of looked at me and she goes, is this for me? And I said, it is for you. Yeah. I said, it's just for you. Yeah. And I said, you're going to be tough and you're going to be strong and you get to put this up in your room. Yeah. It's one of those that like, it's got like a stand on the floor. Okay. And it's like yeah. A weighted base. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a weighted one that comes back to you, but it's like an actual like punching yes. bag. And the, the little gloves that come with it. And yes. I was like, yeah, we're going to set That's this really up cute. and you can have it yes. in your room and you're going to be strong and tough because you are strong and tough, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like I want her and she, and then like her eyes lit up. She got all excited about yeah. it. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. I bought my nephews when, uh, when we were in Scotland, Cecilia and I picked out kilts for them. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that's And I'm cute. like, I don't care. I'm buying them kilts and I know they're going to wear it just once, but <laughs> this is going to, this is a gift for us yeah. to see our nephews uh-huh. in uh, complimentary kilts. And the little one loved it. Cause they, again, they don't wear pants much around the, the right. house. Yeah. Like who has time for pants? Right. right. And <laughs> it's a struggle but to get age, them on. They're just like these naked little yeah. feral creatures. Just yeah. Them just, they got their yeah. diaper. Diapers they're are pants. Yeah. Diapers are as good <laughs> as pants. Yeah. Uh, so they're not wearing pants. So I'm like, oh, they'll probably kind of like, like, like having the kilt and the little one, uh, kept like l- lifting his up and like putting his head down <laughs> and yeah. checking out and being like, whoa, I can see my diaper so easily yeah. this way. And <laughs> was like cute. just walking around, like sashaying around in this like little kilt with a big smile on his face. And then the other one who is like very much a toddler was just like, my pants. Yeah. I'm like, you hate wearing pants. All of a yeah. sudden you like pants because they put a skirt on you, yeah. you know, yeah. not a skirt, a kilt, but still. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Uh, That's cute. Yeah, I'm always, yeah, we're always buying, like, when we went to Hawaii, we bought him, like, a little uh, Hawaiian shirt with these little khaki shorts and, like, yeah. a so Hawaiian like a necklace. on a vacation. <laughs> yeah, 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 I love yeah, that. Yeah. Were they, like, the ones you can zip or rip at the bottom? <laughs> like, the I wear shorts. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. That's the fun part is, like, 
just buying dumb, impractical shit for yes. them. That you're just yeah. like, you're going to wear this once and it's yes. just for me. Yes. And I yeah. just want to take a photo. Yeah. I really, I have Worth so many time. things for my niece and I have not sent so many things. So I'm like, you're wearing this at my house. Like, yeah. This is what you're going to wear at my house. Yeah. You're not going to get lost in all that, dr- all that drama and laundry at my sister's house. Like, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. keep it here. But it was crazy. Like, what's so crazy is just before I came in, there was a closed situation with my niece. My sister was sitting in bed feeding the baby some of her food, and my niece comes up, and she's on the phone, and she usually, she hear, if she knows I'm on FaceTime, she's behind the camera like, is that Mila? Is that Mila? Like, oh, yeah. All the time, and she's like being, and I have to teach her to be polite, and I'm like, ask your mommy, say excuse me. Um, she's like, okay, excuse me, like, and then she starts talking to me, and it's crazy because my sister, she didn't want to talk to me at first, and she showed me she was crying, and I was like, what's wrong with her? And she's like, she's got an attitude, and I'm like, why? She was like, because she doesn't like the shirt that I put on her, and she's crying because I go into her room, and I see her, and she's butt naked in her bed because she gets hot in her sleep and takes all of her clothes off, <laughs> and she's mad at me because she, I won't let her walk around the house naked, but she's like, everybody home because currently they have her fiance's sister and like her son living there and I like in my house just like my mom let us like when it was all girls that's why I said like we can walk around without our clothes Mm -hmm. on you know like our bodies were like it's fine but I totally understand my sister being like there's a lot of people here I don't want her getting too comfortable just being naked all over the place and I'm like that sucks but I get it yeah um so like my sister is just like telling her like giving her like scary black mom lip like stop stop (laughs) fucking crying just sit down just take it and then my sister was just like do you want to do you want to change a different shirt she had on this neon green tank top she came back to the camera no tears when I say she was upset she was upset no tears happy to talk to me she had on like a gray shirt that said infinitely awesome and then it had like chiffon frilly sparkles all up here just raising off her shoulders that's amazing and she was so happy to talk on the phone after that I was like you're raising a little fashionista she knows what she wants just let her pick her clothes out yeah period you know so I think it's cool to let kids kind of just dress themselves yeah you know it's like how they can take control over something yeah. and they can express themselves. I think that's, I think that's really special. Yeah. yeah. Well, I saw a picture of me on my first day of school, <laughs> I think second grade and someone let me walk out the door with a big Tweety Bird shirt. So I'm yeah. going to disagree. What Don't always let your kids. Why is it when we were kids, we had these heinous, ridiculous outfits on and kids now look like little, like adults, little adults, <laughs> like little fashion models. There's I, like, Little three year old girls with yeah. like ombre hair and like fucking anthropology outfits. Instagram, and I'm like, man. I had poofy '80s bangs, <laughs> like big buck teeth, and just these dumb fuck outfits on. Just like these very '80s, like the sweatsuits mm. that were like the same color. Yes, you know, like the, like, the swishy ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom let me dress like crisscross when I was yeah. a kid. Like legit, I had pig, like long red pigtails. Like, my hair, I was the only little redhead in the neighborhood, but she let me dress. Like, I didn't realize how much of my childhood I spent, like, just, like, in drag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Halloween, once I was old enough and my mom didn't make my costumes, I was dressing like a boy every Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's crazy. Like, my mom let me. It was crazy that she allowed me to do that, like, at that time. But, yeah, I dressed, like, crisscross when I was in kindergarten. I have pictures of me in just sweaters and backwards pants, but, like, still very, like, feminine and girly mm-hmm. all up top for my neck up. But then yeah. just, like, looking like a little boy. That was my dream. I was pretty much a tomboy, like, my yeah. entire childhood for the most part. I was, but I didn't mind when I had to wear a dress for something. Yeah. Like, oh, like, that I didn't bother it. me. Yeah. And um, it, so my mom worked for Delta, and 
the rules were different back then. So there was a dress code if you were flying uh, standby as an employee in the family. Mm-hmm. So every time we traveled, my sister and I would be in these like ridiculous dresses. Imagine having like to wear Sunday a dress best. and tights. Yeah, to travel. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, to be able to sit in first class, which is like sometimes like those, if the seats are available and you're above a certain age, you get to sit in first class, wow. uh-huh. but you have to be yeah. like dressed nicely. Right. Uh, but like, you know, I didn't care. But then if you saw me like dressing myself, there are some pictures I, <laughs> yeah. I see of myself. I'm like, oh God, what a dyke. Like, yeah. what? Oh my oh, God. Yeah. The signs were there yeah. when I was a yeah. kid. Like looking at photos when I was younger. Yeah. Holy shit. It I was, was like so a obvious. flamboyantly queer dresser, like as a kid, like color, like colors and like when you're like a new baby gay, like mm-hmm. when you're just like, I'm going to wear this, I'm going to put my lip ring in, I'm going to put on this light shirt, this vintage top. Like that's really, cause we were poor. So we thrifted and before mm-hmm. thrifting was cool. Yeah. So I always had to go into the store anyways and figure out how to make something cool to me. Yeah. And now I look back at outfits and I'm like this, first of all, I would wear this again. Yeah. And it's really gay. First of all, this is Absolutely in style now. Right. Yeah. Everything from the early 90s is for back. For real. For yeah. real. I was like, damn, I could have just kept those dance I should have held on to that, like, Kansas City Chiefs starter jacket <laughs> that I had. I had I a Miami one Dolphins one. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. the colors. Yeah. That's why. The it was starter the colors. jackets were so cool yeah. because they had these bright, vibrant colors. Yeah. And it didn't matter. The team was secondary to, like, how cool are their colors. Wasn't, like, Charlotte? Wasn't that a Yeah, that's Charlotte the best Hornets. One. That's the one everybody had. And blue. That's everybody yeah. liked that. Yeah, and I lived in Buffalo, so walking around with a Miami Dolphins starter jacket, people thought I was, like, insane or, like, mm-hmm. oh, she's, like, must be difficult or, like, yeah. a contrarian. <laughs> contrarian, yeah. Yeah, because everybody is, like, so hardcore Buffalo Bills and, like... But their colors aren't that fun. Their colors are just blue and white and red, so, like, mm-hmm. yeah. you don't wear that gear. Yeah. And everyone else had it, you know? Yeah. We didn't have a professional team in Nebraska, but mostly it you was didn't. like Kansas City Chiefs was like the closest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, that's damn, like what we did. Huh? Yeah, no. Damn. They had I mean the the college football team was really, really big. Right. But like, I don't know. It's weird that Buffalo has one. It is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that. a city that that's would have football, a- right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No basketball. Uh no. they don't have basketball. They have um hockey and football. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank but- you. Yeah. Nieces um, and nephews. I know. I just, it's fun to like drop in and just be fun and cool. Yes. And then you get the fuck out. You're oh, like yes. the SWAT team of oh, fun. And parents like love it when you're yeah. there, but they also hate it because they're like, oh, you, the parents are like, you got me to the child. Like you got me fucked up. Yeah. Like, this isn't going to fly. Right. Cause then, yeah. cause you can tell when, when the kids, <laughs> that little thing clicks, they're like, oh my, my aunt's here. That's why they now like I can so go much. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Why I like <laughs> so much. Tell me this. I have a question because this is a thing that's come up recently with my nieces and I love it so much. So my niece, since she was a baby, when I'm home, like I take her in the shower with me just to get her because she's so scared. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, we, we bathe together. It's always been a family thing up until like a kid is like six or yeah. something in my family. So we, I, I take her in the shower and everything. So she knows what my anatomy is, mm-hmm. right? In comparison to hers and in comparison to her mom and in comparison to her other aunt. But I found out when I was home over Thanksgiving that my niece doesn't gender or misgender me. So I actually, even though I'm calling myself a gay aunt with the kids, I don't allow them to call me auntie. Mm-hmm. My sisters are like, that's your TT or that's your auntie to the different women of our age and our family. But I'm the only one who makes the kids call me by my name. Oh, okay. So I'm like, call me by my name. Cause I also, I'm like, they're going to get older eventually and they're going to be my little homie. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's the point. yeah. So I have the kids call me by my name and I didn't realize in that I was taking away, um, gender like pronouns right, right. when it that were associated with auntie and uncle so i'm home and i was like i was like doing my hair with my niece and i was like 
watching TV and my niece was talking to me and someone else and she was like he playing and he hair mm-hmm. and she gendered me with male pronouns oh, okay even hmm. though she knows like I'm my I'm her mother's sister right yeah. which is so cool because I was like wow I didn't even realize the babies were seeing me in this way yeah yeah which changes so many things and I think that that adds to some excitement and mystery with her I think yeah. when I'm around because it's just like I don't, I don't know. I don't have, I just do fun stuff. Like this is my little puppy and we're going to hang out for the yeah. day, you know? Um, but that was really crazy to me because I was just like so flattered. I was, I yeah. felt so affirmed. I was like, oh my God. Like, I like, I like for my, I like to think that, you know, my presence in their life is sort of challenging gender norms a little bit yeah. with them. Like I'm a cisgender, I'm cisgender, but I, I obviously present in a very masculine way yeah. and I, and I'm often curious as to what they think. Yeah. But cause I could, they call me aunt Sarah, but like. I just I want I want especially for my niece to see that like there are different expressions of like yeah. like being a woman doesn't mean right. aesthetically this one thing. Right. Yeah. And so as she gets older, I hope that I can maybe help yeah. her kind of see that, you know, and be yeah. more kind of comfortable in whatever she how you know, however she wants to express and that sort of thing. I think the interesting thing for with my nephews, I mean, uh Alexander, the older one, was uh, very young when Cecilia and I got together and then Oliver was born after we were already together. So they're going to grow up like knowing us like yeah. as, as having like been a unit, like as a, a couple, unit, yeah. as a couple, we right. always come together. You right. know, it's never just one of us. Uh, we're always affectionate with each other. Right. Um, and that's going to be normal for them right. to see that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what? What's that like? Yeah. You know, we didn't get that. Yeah, we didn't yeah, get no. that. None of us experienced that. Yeah. And I'm like, is that going to have to be explained to them, or are they right. just going to? I wonder get that it? too. I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm curious. To They're ask not my old enough about it, yeah. but like, she's coming to visit next week. But I'm, I'm just. I'm have they seen? To, have they seen you with? They a partner? have not. No. Okay. Um. So that's the other thing. So yeah. like, they're not babies anymore. Like I said, the yeah. littlest one is five already. So like. By the time, like, let's say, you know, they they meet someone in my life at the earliest a year or so from now, right. they'll be, you know, you'll, to, you'll explain who this person is. Like, right. and that's going to be like a thing. Like they're old enough to understand. Does the oldest, the oldest one, one know is, you're gay? Uh, I, he must, I don't know. That's, I, I don't know that. Like, yeah, I think probably, but I'm, I'm going to ask my sister like, so what's the, how do you explain me to them? Yeah. Or have you, or has it ever yeah. come up? Or like, what does, cause he's in, he's in fifth grade. So I right. mean like, Kids are talking about right sex and things right. like that. I'm sure. Yeah. Because I'm trying to remember when I was in fifth grade. I think they know what queer is now. At least I mean, they have yeah, phones. and kids are so they different. Now. Yeah, is. they have the internet yeah. now. Like we didn't yeah. have that when I was that age. And I so, mean, like, Choice Savon is like there's so many artists who are young yeah. who are openly queer that like yeah. it's totally. impossible that a kid's any older, any uh, like any younger than I mean older than like third grade and up don't even know have a concept of seeing or knowing a queer yeah, yeah. I think and so third or fourth person. grade for me was when I first my earliest memory of knowing what what gay meant yeah mine was sort yeah of. around then because that's like Ellen came out in 97 and I would have been yeah. in like fifth grade at that yeah. time so mm-hmm. like fourth or fifth grade um but yeah like I'm just I'm curious as to what like his concept of what sexuality yeah. is, is yeah. you know, and, and if he knows that I'm like, I'm a lesbian, you know, yeah. like, what does that mean? And like, yeah. but they're, I mean, my sister's very liberal, like very cool. You know, she's right. very, she wants, she's determined for her kids to be like exposed to as much d- diversity as they can in yeah. Omaha, Nebraska. But, yeah. um, 
and you know to be fine with that and we talk we talk a lot about like how easy it is to explain you know kids and their little brains yeah. you're just like some sometimes girls like girls and sometimes boys like and they're like right. okay and they move on like it's fucking exactly. that simple and, and the parents who are it's so crazy to me because being from where I'm from like and, and kind of that sense of like tension homophobia in any community especially within like black religious communities mm-hmm. um, it was it's really awkward for me because I've I experienced that when I was in college after I came out before I left for college I had uh, family members like my aunts on my dad's side like they were really uncomfortable about the fact like they didn't they loved me still mm-hmm. but they were and I think it's a fear because they don't know how to explain it to their kids and they have to also understand explain it and accept it for themselves yeah but they didn't want me to talk about, and I was like I was just gonna be around the kids and what's crazy is as soon as they left the room the kids came up to me and were like hey we auntie we heard auntie Ava and everybody talking about um you know how you know you're you're gay or you're a lesbian. Like, what does that mean? I told them, and they were like, oh, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's that TV. simple." Yeah. They yeah, all they care about is sugar and and video yeah. games. Like, okay. they don't yeah. care about anything yeah. else. They just yeah. just explain it in the simplest terms. Yeah. I remember once uh, Queen Rosie O'Donnell yeah. brought us. I think it was on her talk show. She was explaining it because uh, one of her kids asked, "Why do I have two moms?" Mm-hmm. And the way she explained it to him was that, you know, how sometimes with your Thomas the Tank trains, uh, every once in a while, you get two that don't go together. So then you have to find like another train that also doesn't go with that one. But then those two connect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what gay people are. <laughs> we're just a bunch of train cars yeah. looking to link up. Right? Just those magnets that were put in the yeah, other way. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's yeah. like it's not that difficult of a concept, for- but I am I'm very curious as to what they, especially the oldest one right now at his age, like yeah. if he knows that, if he's made that connection in his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it's cool. Like I, I like to be, I'm, I'm glad that my niece and nephews will have yeah. like, well, they're lesbian Aunt Sarah growing yeah. up, and that, and I, I want to normalize that as much yeah. as possible because they are growing up in a very, very heteronormative environment. Mm, like, yeah. yeah, smack in the middle of the country. Yeah, very yeah. white, very straight. Like, I mean, even in in Buffalo, and like my sister and her friends. Um, like, I can't think of any close gay friends that she has just because mm-hmm. like that's not who we grew up yeah. with I guess yeah. um, so I'm I'm kind of it I feel yeah, like I, I, don't know that, I don't know if my sister has any gay friends yeah. simply mm-hmm. because of you know the demographic of where right. she is you know yeah. people we get on the first train out of that out of the town yeah. you know like we yeah. don't stick around generally in the Midwest I think my sister kind of explains it but I think there's almost like they don't need it to be explained because mm-hmm. it's so normalized now. Because yeah. I had to, I came out when I was eighteen, and my little sister was six or seven, six going on seven. And for two years, she had seen me with a boyfriend, so she understood the concept of me dating someone, being romantic mm-hmm. and, and affectionate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found out that my mother had li- I had came out, and I was still in school, and I found out that my mother had lied to her and told her that the girls that I had been bringing over were our cousins. Um, and I asked her, I sat her down and talked to her about it. Uh, and I, and I asked her and she was just like, yeah, you know, she was a little uncomfortable because she knew she was being lied to in yeah. some degree. And then I told her, I was like, well, you remember, you know, Brent, right? My ex-boyfriend. She's like, yeah, I remember him. Um, yeah. Cause she used to have fun. We used to take her to the park. And I was like, well, the same way he was my boyfriend, that girl is my girlfriend. Like yeah. period. Yeah. Yeah. And my sister was just like, oh, okay. And now my sister's 19. She's grown up with it being very normal and you know, for me to be queer and for me, I took, um, my mom was sick and we, we went on a vacation before she passed and, um, my girlfriend at the time came on the trip with us. So it's, I've norm, I was, I've, 
I was the first openly gay person in my family. And my family yeah. is huge. Yeah. My family is in a six square mile town that they've been in for 80 years. Wow. <laughs> so I have yeah. a huge family. So it was, you know, and I was very unapologetic about it. I didn't, I told two or three people and anybody else, like, talk to me if you need to. But, like, I don't feel, I didn't feel like it needed to be that much of a thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's normalized. And now I have an openly bisexual male cousin who hangs out with the boys and the girls in the family. Men in my family are very comfortable. Most of them are very comfortable with their sexuality. So it's cool. not a thing. But I am still the only visibly, because my cousin doesn't live there. I'm still the only visibly queer person yeah. in the family and like unapologetic about it, where I think there's some people who might be queer, but won't talk about it because they still feel that pressure. And, um, you know, they're just a little, a little scared. So I don't even know if there are any other queer people for real in my family, but um, now with the kids, it's so normal, but it's still like humps to get over with other family members. Cause like we're in New York, like everything's so gay for us. We forget Everyone's when we go here. home, yeah. 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 Like, that, the, that not... some shit's not really gay. And like, yeah. I try to get my family to watch pose with me. Um, have you guys watched I it? I haven't watched it. I haven't seen it yet, yeah. but I know what my it is. Yeah. God, you I've guys have to watch yeah. it. Yeah. It's, I, I, um, me and my roommates, I had everybody watching the house, all black queer. Um, we shed a tear. By the third episode. Yeah. Definitely in the first. Because it was like, I feel so seen. It's so much visibility. Um, and it's our history as black and Latinx queer people in, in the 80s during mm-hmm. the AIDS epidemic. So it was, it was very touching to watch it. And I thought it was really important to show my family so they can understand the culture that I come from and the fight that people have done yeah. and the fight that yeah. still happens. Because I've had family members straight up ask me, <laughs> it's so weird, literally on the phone, like, do you, do you feel like you still experience like some discrimination? And I was like... Girl, yes. but it's because they're in the Midwest and they see on TV everything's oh, gay, yeah, yeah. so they don't realize that yes. we still have a lot of shit coming our way. Yeah. And I was like, girl, some dude just the other day just told me that me and my girlfriend needed a good dick between the two of us. Like, it's still rough out it's here. Still, yeah. Yeah. It's still rough. Yeah. So I try to get them to watch Pose, but I did... I did a disservice to the show by describing the show so people, nobody wanted to watch it with me because um, I was like, oh, there's a bunch of trans women and this and that. And they were just like, that's too much. Mm-hmm. So they didn't watch it. So to get back at them, I've basically been ex- exposing all the little babies to queer culture. Yes. <laughs> and I've been teaching my niece how to Vogue. And I have so many videos. Like, I'm about to get her her own Instagram because she legit has fans on my Instagram mm-hmm. and her own videos of her. Like, I've been teaching her how to Vogue. Like, if I'm on the phone with her and I'm like, work, she'll do this. Yes. Serve. She does this. Like, she she loves to Vogue. And now I told my sister, you know, show her Voguing videos. And my sister lets her watch Voguing videos on YouTube. That's I have amazing. friends in Voguing houses here who are like, if you bring her this summer, you can bring her to one of the balls and we'll Oh my show God, her she would stuff. love that. And she's a little oh four-year-old God. learning how to Vogue, like, and getting in touch with queer culture through yeah. dance and yeah. expression. Um, and so it's normalizing for her. And when she comes out here because of FaceTime, she's familiar with my friends on FaceTime. So they babysit her. So she knows this whole network of queer black and brown artists here. And so she's growing up with that just being so normal. I'm so excited to see like what that becomes. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really That's fun. Beautiful. I teach her to Vogue every chance I get. It's That's too so much. cute. The bare minimum. I can't Vogue, but she's going to be duck walking in she like a de- year. Yeah. Uh, she definitely <laughs> needs an Instagram. Like this has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Oh. And I was trying to think of some ways that uh, that being gay has like maybe affected uh, I don't know my role in the life of my nephews. Mm-hmm. And one thing that came to mind was that when uh, my sister asked me to be the godmother, I said no. Yeah, <laughs> because I was like, I'm not going to stand in a Catholic church no. and say that I reject the devil and like all the things they make you say yeah. for that. And uh, she was like, but you know you don't have to believe in it. It's fine. I was like, yeah, I know, but I'm not going to 
like stand up there and lie. Like it just feels like very weird to yeah. to go into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't need to do that. And I'm t- if you do it in any other church that like you know where I don't have to say that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, then cool, I'll do it. But if I have to act like I'm, I'm not going to say that you know Jesus is my Lord and Savior. No, <laughs> if I've you know kind of come a long way with my beliefs from yeah. being growing up Catholic and yeah. um, disowning and also the all general of attitudes of that church towards us is well, not yeah. exactly friendly. I'm yeah. also so. like super <laughs> anti the Catholic church yeah. um, with all the, the pedophilia mm-hmm. and enabling that yeah. uh, it's like insane to me that they still like that people still voluntarily are like, well, you know, let's just keep riding this train. I'm yeah. like, no, like they've shown, who they are their yeah. asses for over still hundreds and over 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 over and over again. So, so anyway, I was like, I, I'm sorry, I can't do this. And my mom was like, I can't, why, like, why do you have to make such a thing of it? You know, I'm like, this is like one thing that I'm not going to yeah. compromise on. So then my sister asked my cousin and then my cousin uh, was like, oh yeah, I'll do it. Um, but just so you know, I'm also gay. And that was how she like came out. <laughs> nice. That's great. But then I was mad because she didn't come out to me first. I'm like, I'm the gay yeah. cousin. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, and, and and that's fine. Like I don't ju- judge anyone else. Like this was yeah. like a choice I made. Like I'm sure Cecilia probably would have said yes if she was asked to be right. like a godparent too. But this was like my own yeah, strong like, thing. This is and my it, hill to die on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I feel like yeah, being gay is kind of like part like that was part of my decision and yeah, and, you know, yeah. absolutely. Know. And that's something that I think they'll they'll understand later in life. Like if you tell them that story when they're like when they're probably going to be questioning religious stuff at some point too, they can come to you for that sort of like candid talk about it. I yeah. mean, I don't know how how Catholic they're. They are. Chrissy, I know you're listening. Uh, they're not very Catholic. Okay. But if you, you know, when they grow up, please send them to me to talk them out of believing in uh, anything. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, that. yeah, I'm like the, I'm the gay atheist aunt that every kid needs, I think. Yes. So. yes. <laughs> it's fine. Everyone, every kid could benefit from having a gay aunt or uncle, you know? Yeah, like, I, real, I just though. think it's, like, great. Like, we can just be these, like... I cool didn't have weirdos that. in the yeah. family that they can come to for anything. And now that they're kids, it's it's weird because I thought, like, I'm so good with children and I worked with children before. And, you know, I feel like, you know, if I do get a partner and someone and I'm financially in the space to have children, mm-hmm. um, I think I, I will because I always thought I would and wanted to. But now that there's someone else's children that I can choose when to take care of them, yeah. it's making life and going for dreams so much easier because yeah. I'm just like, do I, if I want a baby in my life... This week I can go get that child. It's and just I can like take yeah, them right back. totally. When I you want just, my baby, you rent fix, I one for the home. day, listen, yeah. and give it right back before right back. you don't have to deal with any like exactly. If they have the flu, yeah. you're like, you know what, we're good. We don't. And have you're to their hero, like week. all the heroes oh, that they yeah. put on their parents. You get that like focused, yeah. just as like one little thing. You don't have to like, you know, I do have to reprimand her sometimes, but then I'm just like, what's the point? Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm just gonna be fun. Yeah. Just gotta let her get away with terrible shit for a little while. It's fun. It's not that bad. It's not too bad. You know what I mean? So, pump them full of sugar, yeah. send them home. It's fine. Yeah. I just I, look. I just now that I've realized that I should have had her voguing this whole time. It's the perfect distraction when she realizes realizes that I'm paying, and I'm curious to see what happens when her sister gets older, the ba- the other baby. Mm-hmm. Because um, when my my niece notices that I'm giving another child attention, she wants all of my attention, and she's not rude about it, but she starts. 
She starts voguing to Oh, you. yeah. She's like, yes. I know you like this. She's like, look, Mila. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, my oh, my God. I love that. Every That's gay so auntie your uncle's dream. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been gr- a great experience being an aunt, both, like, enjoying that ability to tap out. But now as somebody who, like, Cecilia and I are in the, the early stages of, um, of having a family, mm-hmm. like, just going through those first steps of, like, fertility, whatever – and uh, I feel like it really opened my eyes to to the realities of it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel like even just as an aunt who spends like a good amount of time for for not living in the same city, but we do go yeah. back to Buffalo like once every six it's weeks. Close. Yeah, mm-hmm. to to spend the weekend with uh, with our nephews. And like you mentioned, it brought me and my sister way closer together. Yeah. Oh yeah, we, yeah. Totally. We talk almost every day now. Yeah. Where yeah. that used to not yeah. be the case. And um, but. Anyway, yeah, it's opened my eyes to, to kind of like expectations for what it's going to be like to be a parent, just like the good and the the bad. You kind yeah. of get yeah. a taste of both and yep. it's like a little bit horrifying and but but now I feel ready like I'm not right. going into this thinking it's going to be like this beautiful thing and right. then you just take cute gonna, photos and yeah. they're always adorable the and like, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 like the yeah, real nitty gritty yep. diaper rash shit yep. that you and that's deal why I'm with, like, like <laughs> I'm holding off more because I'm like watching and my sister's a young mom on government assistance and working and her you know her fiance works too yeah and they live in detroit on top of that so it's yeah. like a lot of hardship already and i'm watching her be such a good mom mm-hmm. yeah through grieving as a, a a young orphan like my yeah. sister's a beast and i'm like bitch i don't know if i'm even ready now yeah so, like, i can't well, yeah. th- that's the thing. Like looking back now, I'm like everybody who got pregnant as a teenager, good on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's right. not the right message to spread, but that's when you have like the energy. Mm-hmm. And then, and yep. then when you're yeah. older, like you know, I'm. When having- my sister turns forty, her oldest will be twenty three. Nice. He'll be out of the house. Nice. You know, like yeah. she can and taking the kids in the summer sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, like yeah. totally. I mean, I one of my goals is to have them come stay with me for a week when they're yeah. like. Maybe like thirteen yeah. or so, like like old enough to like en- like actually appreciate and enjoy and remember coming yeah. here and visiting. Yeah. But yeah, it's like when you're young, like that's that's biologically when our bodies are designed. I think to have kids, like yeah. as mammals, I think yeah. we're supposed to be reproducing at like sixteen. But it is. That's like technically kind of the yeah, yeah like the the risks are. I mean, obviously, down. I do not advise <laughs> it to anyone, and my sister would not advise it either. But like no. But yeah, it's you know she's yeah. young but, and 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 my kid my niece and nephews get to have grandparents who right. I, I guess like it depends on the kind of person you are. But mm-hmm. I feel like having a kid throughout your twenties is like you know you do a lot of stuff in your twenties oh, that God. Yeah. you're like why? Well, why? that was a I wasted a lot of time in my twenty. You know, yeah. like there I could have been raising a kid to raising show for my twenties at yeah. all. Yeah, right. But you I feel like re- once you get after your 20s, once you have a kid, I, my fear is that because I've seen it in my friends who are like approaching the end of their 20s too. It's like, I just feel like that giving birth to that baby at some rate. You seen that movie uh, Tully? I feel yes. like it just drains your life force from you for yeah. a few months. So yeah. you're just like exhausted and trying to get that back versus when you're like a, in your early 20s and a kid, you just got all of it to give. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah. okay, I'm here. Yeah. Um, and I'm watching that because like, remember my sister's 19 and she has two girls. Yeah. And I'm just like, bitch, like I don't even, like 
I'm I'm at the end of that now. Like I don't know when I'm gonna be able. I I gotta be rich to do it. I gotta pay somebody else. Oh yeah, to take over. I have for to me be rich to have kids. Yeah. I'm never. I'm probably not gonna have them unless <laughs> oh. unless my financial situation changes fucking drastically. Right, right. I won't you, even consider you it. Hear that, Senator Cinema? Yeah, <laughs> Senator Kirsten Cinema. If you want to get married, I'm ready. Yeah, I will. That's I the carry. only way. I have childbearing hips. I'm good to go. Okay. Yeah. I'm going, for Janelle, I'm going for potentially Janelle Monet, but right, know, right. I, listen, I feel like there's so many people. I'm like, you know what? I might have a chance to get at them one day in the future because Jermaine Dupree got Janet Jackson twice. I mean, <laughs> like he, he, he reached of that for the stars. Day. He he dreamt of that one yeah. day. And it happened. He Nick vis- Cannon got Mariah. Exactly. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's possible. It's possible. It's so. all about, you know, I think they manifested possible. that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got Janine Garofalo on this podcast, so I think that you can get Janelle Monet in bed. I think. Absolutely. The possibilities are endless. to get her at the altar, you know what I mean? Us yeah, 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 yeah. fly-ass suits. You oh, know my God. I mean? can you, oh, my God. <laughs> can you fucking imagine how cool Janelle Monet's like, wedding would be? <laughs> I'm gonna How be cool there. your wedding is going to be, be with yeah, her. Yeah, 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 of course. If I'm not there, I'm at least going to be a... Bridesmen? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please invite us for the love of God. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Literally yesterday, Cecilia was like, I know one day you're going to meet Janelle Monet and you're going to like have her on the podcast. And I was like, I don't think I, <laughs> I don't think I can talk to her. No, I would, oh, like, I would have a complete nervous she's breakdown. She's so yeah. serious and professional she's too so when cool. she's in, ser- in spaces. Oh my God. I'd be I know. intimidated. Yeah. yeah. I, she, she's like the one person that I, I'm like too intimidated to talk to. Yeah. I think like if there was any one person in a room where I'd be like, uh, I can't. Uh, That's the most beautiful uh, yeah. black woman yeah, for me. Right. I was at a party last oh my night God. and every time I go to like black and brown, like especially queer spaces, it's so much because I'm just like, I know that I look decent, but at the same time, like everyone's so beautiful and mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I'll just get a cup of water and stand over here and <laughs> see who's left after a few people start dancing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, that's pretty much it. Like, and I try to weed out who I can make laugh and I'm like, right. if I can make her laugh over this weird little thing at the party, then that's I can our stand gift though. As her. funny people, yeah. we always have that. That's like it's like having like a like an all access like lanyard music festival pass to every to every possible situation let me read you for a second yeah got it like yeah let me see what's gonna make you laugh and then oh i'm a fun now i'm a fucking clown and now everyone likes me it's great but i went on a date with a girl like a few weeks like a month or so ago who was just like i don't like comedy shows i was like yeah great don't come to any of mine yeah (laughs) was it my (laughs) ex-wife Oh my god it could have been i don't know we're on the same that's a serious question is she a Nigerian woman no. Okay. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't even that mad about it, but I was just like, I make her, I'm, I made her laugh, but a few times, but I can just tell, like, I don't, I don't know if we have that chemistry then. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. like, like serious lawyer vibe, you know what I mean? Like oh, Wall yeah. Street type stuff. And I'm like, I, I mean, I work over there in Fulton, One World Trade Area, but it's like, I work in media and you know, it's so chill. Like I dress like this to work, you yeah. know, yeah. people are wearing suits in the elevator with me. I literally so. wore a shirt that said cunts yes. to work <laughs> yes. on International Check Women's Day. Yes. Check me, boo. I love that. Yeah. Just keep flexing. Yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's time for us to wind down and get to our listener question. Uh, Sarah, you're going to love this one. Oh, great. Because you're getting called out. Not really. Oh, I was going to say that's. I, I knew this would happen. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this question, as we mentioned before, if you are one of our patrons on Patreon, you get a uh, fast lane to the top of our of the queue sure for do. questions. So this one's come comes from a patron. 
During this whole podcast, both before and after the breakup, Sarah has always referred to her ex as straight, even though they had an exclusive same-sex relationship for two years. From my understanding, an attraction for someone of the same sex directly uh, qualifies you as being anything but straight, even though it might have been the only person of the same sex that you uh, were ever attracted to. My question is, according... To you and as you see it, can you define yourself as anything on the spectrum, even though it doesn't fit the definition of the label? To discuss my own question, I think you can define yourself whatever you want or not define yourself as anything, uh, but we all know that labels hold power. I think it's an interesting question and important for those uh, that don't feel they fit in any label. Mm -hmm. We're all on the spectrum, labels are not. Yeah. Uh, first of all, drag me. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I need more of that. Uh, okay, so the question is like, base, what's the question again? So basically, they're asking, like, can you define yourself as anything on the spectrum, even though it doesn't fit the definition of of the label? Which oh. I think is an interesting question um, in general. But I first, I I do want you to address calling your ex. Yeah, no, I and, and I really shouldn't call her straight because obviously she isn't fully um but but did she ever did she change the way she identified no i mean she wouldn't ever really say she wouldn't say bisexual she wouldn't say she would say straight like almost in a joking way you know she'd be yeah. like i mean well i'm straight but i'm with her you know what i mean like she yeah. kind of the way she rationalized it was like she just loved me yeah um so but but do you call her straight because she's so heteronormative yes and and because she mm. only dated men before me ever. Like, do you think I, after you she'll only date uh, men or you don't? I, if I had to put money on it, I would say she's probably dating a man right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's my, I don't know. I, that's my instinct. Yeah. Um, and she moves through the world as like a heterosexual woman. Okay. Like that's yeah. how her life is. Yeah. It wasn't obviously when she was with me, but it was, you know. So, so when you say straight, you're not saying like she was faking being Attracted um, to you or anything like that. No, she was no. attracted to me for sure. Yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah. You guys were but together like, for two years. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose, I think it's more just kind of the punchline of like, I get made fun of a lot for like hooking up with straight girls. Yeah. So yeah. Or straight passing. Straight passing yeah. or like people who live as a straight person, you know, like yeah. I've hooked up with a lot of women who exclusively are with men yeah. and are just like curious and just look at me like this anomaly because I like have masculine features. And and I think it's women too, who really don't seem to have any interest in being part of like the queer community Mm. or or anything like that. And she had no interest in that. Like Like, she didn't identify in that way. And that's fine. That's her, that's her choice. Um, but yeah, I, I, if I had to, if I had to guess, I would say she's for sure with a dude now, um, which is fine. Um, Going, I guess, to the other part of the question, like I, I do think labels change, and uh, you know, I always like to say, yeah, lab- label yourself with what you feel. Whatever you feel that with. day. I mean, yeah. it could be different. But there are some times where uh, labels are used in a way that I think it can be like confusing. Um, can also cause like erasure or, yeah. um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess like. Confuses. It, it's hard because I'm like, oh, labels don't matter, but they do matter. Absolutely, they do. Words yeah. matter. You yeah, know? and like, and, and it's and a lot of it is the way that like, like our labels to each other are are 
they, I mean, they can, we can say like, oh, it doesn't matter, it's whatever, we're queer, but like the outside world, like the heteronormative power structure has to parse us out and see us in a certain way. Like that yeah. straight people need the, like they, they don't know how else to identify. Like, oh, are you a lesbian? Are you gay? Like it's hard to explain yeah. queerness to people who don't live it. Oh man. And, and, and Especially I know, the spectrum because there's people who look like oh, us who explaining the spectrum sleep is with not, dudes or yeah, sleep with uh, trans or, women or trans or men or, women, or whoever. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like whatever. So, and that's, and that's everyone, like we get that. We understand yeah. that. Yeah. But Sometimes having that word, like if I, it's, I, I identify as a cisgender lesbian, but mm. that like, that's how I, that's, that's, it's an easy package to sort of neatly right. button up for straight culture to under, like the yeah. heteronormative power structure to understand who we are. Yeah. So I think, you know, just because I am pretty, I'm extremely like firmly on one end of the spectrum. Um, but I don't think it matters what, I, you know, it's. That's but, the beauty of a spectrum is like it sure. can be, you know, it's sort of this sliding thing for a lot of people and that's awesome. I do find it yeah. weird though when uh, women who are bisexual and then especially when they're currently with an opposite sex partner mm-hmm. will call themselves lesbians. And then I'm like, now you're just confusing everybody. Yeah. yeah. And I know a few people who do wow, this. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And they refer to themselves um, you know, on, on stage. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll call themselves a lesbian. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, but then people are very confused and then I don't, right. then when I say I'm a lesbian, are people going to be like, Not oh, so you're seriously. open to men yeah. or, you right. know, so, but then at the same time, I don't want to be like policing the language yeah. you use. Cause I get like, maybe sometimes you just feel like a lesbian, you yeah. know, <laughs> and you just want to yeah. call yourself a lesbian. Cause, cause that word is like resonating with you. And yeah. I'm like, well, I get that, you know, but it's also like, I don't know. There, there are other words out there. Like there are other words. See, for me, when you're talking about the Irisher, I feel like with those types of people, whether it's men, but I, you know, I find it happens more with people who often identify as cis women, um, who are either bisexual or heteroflex, homoflexible or heteroflexible mm-hmm. or whatever, who just like when we talk about like race and like talk about how sometimes there are people who are of color who try to find themselves to a cl- the closest proximity to whiteness. Mm-hmm. I feel like the same thing happens when it comes to sexuality with people looking for a close proximity to heteronormativity mm-hmm. or heterosexuality, mm-hmm. um, which is really uncomfortable. That's why I know so many queer people and I, didn't, I keep forgetting it's still a thing in our queer community and lesbian communities where people are like, I date, and people are so surprised when I tell them I don't date straight women or women who didn't date women before, but it's because like, first of all, I'm trying to protect all of this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, in my chest, like, yeah, um, because I feel like that, I, you know, when I was a young gay, I got hurt that way so yeah. many yeah. times before, thinking that I was the exception to someone's rule or their struggle with their own sexuality. Yeah, um, but I do feel like it's when people say that when they're like dating a guy, mostly dates, mostly dates dudes, and they're on stage. I think sometimes like it's fun now to find yourself or. Talk, or tell people that you're a little different or you're a part of a marginalized group yeah. as a proximity to queerness. Yeah. But it's comfortable and easier to live your life mm-hmm. with a closer proximity to heteronormativity. Yeah. Um, like outside of makes, this world, you're exactly. moving through the world as a heterosexual exactly. person but or you at come least similar to that. And culture, right. And I'm not trying to, no shade, you know, all tea, but mm-hmm. that's not okay. And it's it it harms us in those spaces and that's when we yeah. walk down the street you also get dudes who are like well all y'all need is a little bit of this right yeah. you know what I mean yeah. I'm like Ugh. and like so some of the people that I am thinking of like they definitely do like actively date a number of genders and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I'm not saying that their like bisexuality is invalid, but I just right. find it interesting for them to also use the word lesbian mm-hmm. to to define that. But then, you know, 
like I guess you're, calling your ex straight. Like, right, is that the right. same thing? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's mostly, I like, I'm mostly just fucking joking when I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, yes. no, I did it a straight woman for, you know. <laughs> right. And but being also like, culturally yeah, that's why we straight, broke up. Like, culturally, culturally straight. straight. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. yeah, I hope that answers that question. But I do appreciate uh, getting called out for Ew. anything. <laughs> so, thank you, listener. Awesome. Uh, all right. Well, if you uh, want to follow Mila on social media, where can they find you? Find me on Instagram as Mila Miles, on Twitter now as Mila underscore does it. Um, and does what? What's the <laughs> exactly anything at all? Yeah. You know, we all have been freelancers in this city, yeah. And my email definitely speaks to that. It's Mila does it at Gmail, just in case I'm doing nice. it for SEO, yeah. photography, cash app, no questions. Here's you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. yeah, Here's sure. my cash. You can find me on Instagram at Mila, I mean, on uh, Venmo at Mila dash miles, yeah. Um, miles with a Y. Um, and I guess what upcoming shows too, or <laughs> shit. oh, wait, actually, two things. Um, so I have, just go, mm-hmm. um, I also, you can find me, um, at upcoming shows when this airs at, uh, Queer Saints, um, at the Footlight Bar in, I think, Bushwick, um, at 7, and on 420 at the <laughs> Duplex at Queer Tiger Beat. Oh my God. Nice. Yes. 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 That's such a great show. Um, yeah. And on May 2nd, Zebra Cakes at the Chipped Cup. So, Nice. Any of those shows, depending on when you listen to this, you can come through and la- point and laugh so I can feel triggered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, you can send us your questions to uh, dykingout at gmail.com. If you want to get in the fast lane, go to uh, patreon.com slash dykingout. Follow us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, at dykingout. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a review if you haven't done so Please already. Do that. That's very helpful. I don't know if you can leave reviews on Spotify, but if you can do that, uh, mm-hmm. I know a lot of you listen on Spotify. Thumbs up. Yeah. And then uh, follow me at TGI Carolyn. And I'm at the Sarah York on all social. And, uh, you know, give your give your siblings a call. Talk to your nephews, yeah. nieces. <laughs> do FaceTime. Do the thing that my nephew does where he, he puts his face directly <laughs> up to the camera. So the whole thing is just his or face. This. Yeah, or the, like they're looking down. Yeah, it's real cute. My nephews kiss the phone oh, a lot. That's cute. And they make a little noise like, Mwah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> anyway, thank you for decking out with us this week. Deck out with us again next week. Bye. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.